Leah Daniels here, successfully chaotic, and I have Jeff Dwowskin. Was that right? Dwowskin, Dwowskin, whatever. I like Dwowskin. That sounds Dwa- funner. Dwow. I'm going to change your name. It's like, it's now Dwowskin. So that would Dwa- be good. Is it Dwa? Is that what Dwa. it was? It goes yeah. together. See, There's very I- few DW names. Dwa. There's like only like I think three root ones or four in the entire is- English language. Like, what's the? I mean, what's it? What's it's it probably, from? I don't know the PC way of asking that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's uh, Polish Russian. Polish Russian. Is there maybe okay. Russian? Um, yeah, I think that's somehow it 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 came over to the U.S. from that. So, so you I do know, know that anyone with the name Dwaskin, I'm related to somehow. Doesn't mean I know them, but I'm definitely related to them somehow. Like 100. percent Probably. Yeah, probably. Nothing is 100%. I feel, like, I feel like you made that up. I feel like you made those stats up. Like, <laughs> I'm just making those stats. That's mostly true. I mean, if you Google it, he goes, oh, he was mostly right. And that's yeah. really what I aim for, yeah. just mostly right. That's all that matters, really. Honestly, <laughs> right. that's all that matters. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, okay. So let's let's tell our listeners just just who is Jeff. Like, who, like tell us about you. I know you have a podcast. Tell everybody about that. I have a podcast. It's called the Jeff Dwaskin Show. I know, very clever. Mm-hmm. And I'm, <laughs> I'm the host. Uh, oddly, wasn't even the first choice as host. No, I'm just kidding. And I, uh, a digital entrepreneur. I've been a, a pretty much an entrepreneur most of my career. And I did stand up comedy for a long time. And you know, I'm I'm very active on social media, specifically Twitter, and that kind of tied into my comedy life as well as some of my professional life as well and i need your help with twitter i suck at twitter like and i almost have this like like mental block like i don't want to learn twitter like i like i don't know i just like i don't understand it um enough to care to do it correctly it's i'm just being honest here but yeah it's it's bad like i forcefully sometimes make myself do twitter but i and i'll actually put i'm tweeting just because everybody knows I hate Twitter. So I get it. I think a lot of people do. And one of the, one of the very first things I did when I got on Twitter is a friend of mine early on, I would post funny things on Facebook and people would say, Oh, you're so funny. And then like everyone would be like, and then a friend of mine who was into social media said to me one day, he's like, Jeff, you should be on, on Twitter, not Facebook. Cause on Facebook, you're just talking to your friends and family. You're not going to get anywhere with that. He goes, if you want to be discovered, Spoiler, I was never discovered. But if you want to be discovered, <laughs> uh, you have to go on to Twitter. So I went on to Twitter. And while I wasn't quote unquote discovered, my tweets, because I would tweet a lot about uh, things that were happening or events or TV shows. And so my tweets have ended up, I've been read on Good Morning America, the Lawrence O'Donnell show, Today show, I, you know, my friend Facebook wants, oh my God, I'm in Times Square one of Dwaskin's tweets is on one of these billboards. You know, I've been in Buzzfeed a million times, people, you know, anytime they would, because the, these publications love to go to Twitter to grab content for their articles. Yeah. And so I was the easy grab. The, yeah. So I was there a lot. And so uh, thank you for minimizing it. And then, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my secret talent. <laughs> I've had to do that my whole life. Just minimize it. This isn't that bad. You can do this. It's fine. Uh, one minute I'm a huge published thing. And the next minute it's, it's, it's bottom feeder, but <laughs> no, the, it's um, amazing. I think it's so great. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, you know, but, so that was kind of what got me going, but then I realized, Oh, like you just said, I don't know what to tweet. What should I do? And one of the things that I kind of got 
into where the I've found were these things called hashtag challenges or hashtag games. So an example might that might be marriage in four words, the election in four words, you know, anything like that. I didn't um, even know that existed. That might make me like Twitter. Exactly. So I found that and and then I discovered I bumped into this one guy and he was doing a lot of these things. And I helped actually organize over the last five years this community. And so I have this site on Twitter or an account on Twitter called hashtag roundup at hashtag roundup. And we do these hashtag challenges almost every hour or at least every 90 minutes all throughout the day, every day. And then I built an app on Android and iOS app. It's free if anyone wants to get it. And because I realized like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I keep missing the games. So I built an app that sends a push to your phone anytime a new game starts Mm. And so then you go to Twitter and you can play, you can play the games. Now I understand why you like Twitter. It's just the challenges. It's just, are you competitive? I'm competitive. It's, but it's, it was, it's a great way to get involved and grow your community. What I found is whether it's on Facebook or anywhere, if you're in a community in like-minded groups, Mm -hmm. you can flourish, right? So on Twitter, the very cool thing about hashtags in, in particular, whether it be these games or any hashtags, like if you wanted to talk about the election or your TV show you're watching, The Walking Dead, anything like that, when you click on the hashtag, it searches anyone who uses that hashtag. So Maria, if you only have 500 followers and I have 10,000 followers, it doesn't matter. We're going to both be pulled into that stream. So then if I can discover you, who normally I wouldn't have discovered because you were a smaller account and maybe wouldn't have gotten noticed. So that's a way to kind of just get noticed. The other trick is to look at the trending topics because sometimes a trending topic might be a series of words. Mm -hmm. And if you use those series of words, you'll get swept into those, that topic as well. So it's just kind of a little trick. Um, you see people talking about it on Instagram a lot. Do you got to use the yeah. right hashtags? You know, it's yeah. a little, it's a little different there. Cause you're like passively trying to be noticed. Whereas on Twitter, it's, it's in that moment, that conversation's hot when it's hot. It's not like, you know, in six months, it's weird on Twitter. If like, I, I got a like on a tweet from two years ago, it's just weird. It means somebody yeah. <laughs> did some weird digging and <laughs> they were stalking you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's one of the kind of benefits. And that's why I, I built the app and try to get, encourage people to do it, to give people the opportunity. Then when you go off on your own and do a, a tweet, you know, just about anything without hashtags or something like that, you've helped you build up your audience in one way and then can leverage it another. What's the app called? The app is called hashtag roundup. Hashtag roundup. Okay. I'll, I'll look at, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it myself because I mean, I use social media a lot for my businesses, you know, but I have avoided Twitter just because it's so different than the rest of them. And I'm a creature of habit, <laughs> a lot of things. And I, I, you know, I do great on Facebook. I have no problem with Facebook, but I'm used to Facebook. And I even kind of hated going to Instagram, but that was whenever Facebook and Instagram be, kind of became the, you know, one and the same, I had to learn Instagram as well. But Twitter's been one of those that I've been like, dr- I've been drugged to kicking and screaming when I've done it. Like it's, it's been against my will, but I can get into challenges. I am competitive. I like challenges. I could do it just for the, I don't even care if people follow my account. It'd just be like, I want to be in the challenge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's fun. And it's, it's definitely, I remember like the first time I got 25 likes 
I was like, <laughs> it was just so exciting. Yeah. And I remember, you know, and so, but then the, um, which might be interesting to your followers is we, we apply the concept and help brands as well. Yeah. So with a brand, we might work with a brand and do a specific one. So like we work with purple mattress and we might do a hashtag specific to sleeping. Right. And then we help them generate that conversation and we help spark it where they can get hundreds of thousands of tweets in an hour of people that are interested in their product and talking to them. That's awesome. And then yeah, that's want- awesome. I think it's brand specific challenges. I love that. I, I'll make sure whenever this airs that I have the link um, to find out more about this for anybody listening to. I, and I'm interested. I'm definitely, sure. you've sold me on it. Well, if you want to be even more geeked out by it, <laughs> we, we evolved the company and we call it like hashtag stampede now. And we built this technology so that it actually, when you use the hashtag, if you're doing a branded challenge, it'll tweet at you and say like, Hey Maria, thanks for entering our contest or, you know, click on this URL. And then with that URL, you can drive them to a microsite, collect opt-ins, have them watch a video on your product, anything, give them a coupon anything, give them, you know, win a free book, anything like that. So the whole idea is we kind of evolved it uh, for all you entrepreneurs out there to kind of take the anonymous people on social and move them into your CRM system. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's I I guarantee you there's a lot of people that would be interested in that. And it's something that I actually haven't heard anybody really pushing. I mean, obviously, you know, trending hashtags we follow and, you know, stuff like that. But as far as using it brand specifically like that, I think that's a, that's a new one for me. I've not heard that. I know our listeners will be very interested in probably checking that out. So how did you get into podcasting? You said you were a stand-up comedian. I was a stand-up comedian. All right. I guess I, well, I, I don't know if I am anymore. The, uh, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> you haven't decided. I haven't decided if I am. Okay. The, um, well, you know, I was I was contemplating and then when COVID hit and it kind of shut down everything. So it's, I don't know that, you know, I started turning, you know, people started calling and booking again. And I, I'm just, I wasn't ready to, you know, get out there and breathe into a microphone that someone else breathed into and, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I just, so I don't know if I'll go back, but like I, part of my transition plan was starting the podcast and kind of, I've tapped into I've been calling all the comedians that I've worked with. The, the interesting thing about being a comedian is, you know, I, I don't know if it's other professions like, you know, it's, I guess you could do a, be an actor and, and happen to have one famous person in that movie or something. But when you're doing comedy, generally they're trying to pull these nobodies to always open for these famous people. So I've worked with a lot of famous comedians mm-hmm. yeah. throughout the last 18 years. And some of them, I, you know, connect. That's one of the benefits of Facebook. You know, you connect, you're just your friends and maybe you don't talk. I don't, I never talk to these people per se, but I reached out and I'm like, Hey, in 2004, we worked together. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to be on my podcast? And, you know, then the, the ones that respond are like, yeah. And then I was like, so it's been great to have like these conversations and stuff mm-hmm. like that with people. And it's fun actually when some Definitely do remember. I was talking to one comedian, Bill Dwyer, and we had a, had a good time. And he remembered all the specifics. And this is a long time ago. You know, for me, is a, when you're an MCR feature and you work with a headlining com- comedian, you know, I don't work every, I wouldn't work every weekend per se. These guys work every weekend and they're dealing with two people and a whole staff, you know, every week. So for me, for to put 10 years between me and that's someone I worked with, yeah. they've worked with 500 million people 
between me, you know, so for them to remember, <laughs> it's nice, you know, but, you know, so they're, they're all willing, you know, so I'm like, oh yeah, I'll talk to you for an hour, you know, so, you know, they're not working, so why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have nothing better to do at this moment. So how did you get into comedy then? Great question. Just so, somebody was like, you're pretty funny, you should do that. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I would, everywhere I would work, I would, I'd always kind of be the funny person and it was definitely honed over years it went from harshly sarcastic where people maybe didn't want to be around me to where i could hone it to like <laughs> to, a, to you migrated to something migrated more appealing to, yeah yeah so yeah that was the non-stage version but yeah um you know like at work i'd be like i never took anything seriously and and so it's like and so maybe it was because early on i had a company and i sold it so <laughs> maybe maybe I always felt like, well, I have enough money in my bank. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have to be like, nobody can, you know, F with me. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I don't have to feel like trapped. Like some people feel trapped. And, and so I'd be funny and, you know, we do the, you know, the all hands calls, you know, where the whole company would get together and I would present and I never liked being boring in front of people. It was just something I didn't like doing. And, yeah. you know, so I'd be funny and I could just get away with it and make fun of it. Cause people knew I was joking if I made fun of a manager, cause it was always in a light way. And usually like, I was really always kind of naturally good at just um, picking out things and making fun of things that just happened, yeah. which always made it easier, right? If I'm making something that happened during the meeting, it's kind of fair game. It's yeah, not like I'm exactly. making fun of you. If you lost a deal a month ago and it cost the company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah, so it was like, it was that kind of thing. And then in my company that I had in the late nineties, my web development company, I, had done a website for Mark Ridley's comedy castle. And they had one of the things in on the website that I remembered was they taught comedy classes. So when everyone's like, you're so funny. And so I went and I took these classes and it's not like you, you don't take comedy classes to learn how to be funny. You go, you know, you, but you learn the structure of how to do it. So it's just like, it's just like anything, you know, if you learn how to be a project manager, you learn how to be a, a salesperson, there's certain tools and ways and approaches to, to do things, you know? And so I, I took the writing class and then it was like a seven minute set that I did. And, you know, I just never stopped doing it. I just, you know, I would, in the early days, I would do it five times a week or so. It would took precedence over family. <laughs> it was like, You're like, sorry, I like this more. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, the one thing I did during the first 10 years of doing comedy, I, I kept everything. Like I knew I was like in a moment and like I, I took pictures with everyone and I, I saved every flyer with my name on it. And at some point I made a, a photo album of the first 10 years, like of, of these were the good old days. Yeah. Well, I also wanted my kids to know where I was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where was dad? This is where I was. This will explain your history. It was funny because I just looked at it for the first time in many, many years the other day (laughs) and it was, it was really, I'm very talented at, 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 um, photo books, apparently. So it was really impressive. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> you got to start doing that next? Is that I like should a do that. Yeah. I could be like, there was a time where like, uh, what's it called when you, uh, put books together? Scrapbooking? Scrapbooking. Yes. Yeah. I was digital scrapbooker. I was de- yeah. I'm definitely an excellent digital scrapbooker. I was, I, I was one of those scrapbooking moms. I've, but see, I have seven kids, so I would scrapbook like the first, my first like 
three kids. They have the baby books, the, you know, the scrapbooks and everything. And then like my fourth kid, she has like half of a baby book and like pretty much nothing else. And then the last three have, have nothing. <laughs> they have, they have like nothing. They're there. They have nothing. It's really sad. It's like, you see all these like jokes and stuff and it's not a joke. I mean, it's kind of like life gets a hold of you. You're like, Oh yeah, I forgot to do that with you. And my, my seven year old was asking the other day, where's my baby book? And I'm like, you don't have one. <laughs> I, I feel so. like, I feel like when you're a parent, it's, it's not so much that you're, you don't become a bad parent and where you're neglecting the kid. It's just when you're a parent, you're going through your checklist of I'm a parent. These are my parent things. Yeah. I'm going to go to Elmo, Elmo, you know, Sesame Live. Street Live and all. And then you do Dora them all. Live. That thing yeah, sucks. Exactly. <laughs> and like where you do all those things. And then as you have the second kid, you're like, wasn't as exciting as I thought, you know, <laughs> it didn't really, yeah. you know, so you kind of just wean it off. Plus you have some, once you have like seven kids, the other, it's hard to have just pictures of the seventh kid. The other six are always around, right? You're yeah, going to take pictures true. of everyone together. So, well, and it's the, my first three were so close together that it was almost like I did all the things for them. It was almost like just because they were so close together. And then with the last ones, just, I'm exhausted now. I don't know. I'm old. I'm getting, I'm getting tired. And you figure out after a while, the stuff that actually is meaningful and the stuff that's like, you were doing it because you thought you were supposed to, but looking back, you're like, why the hell was I doing that? Cause there was really no good reason. I feel like that's where I'm at now. I've, I've my, actually, my sister is referring, I come from a very smart ass family. So um, if you like to roast people, you would fit in with my family, like amazingly, but um, she calls it my Tawanda phase. So I don't know if you've ever seen fried green tomatoes where she's like, Tawanda, and she's like beating down the wall, with a sledgehammer. She says that I'm in my Tawanda phase of life right now, where I'm just like, fuck everything, excuse my language. But, you know, I'm to that point, you know, that I'm just like done and I'm in my Tawanda phase and I can't argue with that. I don't think it's that wrong. It's <laughs> <So. laughs> good. Yeah. It's good. So yeah. And if you haven't seen fried cream tomatoes, that's an amazing movie. So. I feel like I might've seen it. There's a, I, or maybe I've just seen that one scene where she's like, I've got better insurance. You know, yeah. She's... See, that's exactly that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's where I'm at. So I feel like she was definitely in her forties whenever she was in that car. So, cause I feel, I feel that, feel that. So where, okay, when you talk about, I don't know why I'm very interested in this, but I am, whatever you're a comedian, you write your scripts, just like, or like, do you just get up there and ad-lib? Um, ad-libbing would be improv. So no, I, those people, that's a whole different skill set. So that'd, the, that'd be what I would do. I would be, I'd be the improv person. Can't write scripts. The, well, it's not so much scripts. It's you write out it's not a script per se, like a script generally it goes kind of back and forth and it's not so much a monologue. You're, well, you're sort of a monologue. It is a monologue, I suppose, cause no one else is talking, <laughs> but you're, it's storytelling. You're telling a story. So you write it out and you're telling the story. And the interesting thing about being comedian and, and being funny to strangers is you have to kind of set up everything and you have to make it relevant to them. So they understand not only what you're saying, but they have some, they can connect to it in some way, yeah. you know, so. like when you're sitting around with your friends, they've known forever and you can go, you know, you reference like when you're with your family and you're all being smart asses and you go, and you just go like, when you put too much corn in the potatoes, <laughs> right. And everyone knows you're talking about Thanksgiving, 1994. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you all laugh, right? Well, you don't have that when you're standing on stage in front of the 300 random people that just walked into this room. So you have to kind of, 
build the entire world and kind of talk through it. I always found that when I would write something and I would record every show that I did, audio record at least every show. And when I would play it back and listen to it and actually look what I wrote, it it always somehow took on its own version when I was doing yeah, it live. I can say that. And so, you know, it never was exactly that, but it, writing it gets out the the beats and the themes and and that way it's you, almost like bullet points. That way you have at least talking points. Right. And it kind of gets you through it. And, and sometimes it's, it's very specific because there's very, sometimes you have to hit certain words a certain way. Cause that's yeah. how you're going to, you know, you're going to get the laugh, but, but yeah, it's always interesting how things evolve. And then, you know, people work on stuff and, you know, you do the same jokes over and over and over again. And, you know, by the time you've done it like 500 times, a thousand times, it's, it takes on a new life and it kind of expands. So it's, it's, it's really, it's kind of interesting how it all just kind of evolves. It's like when you see like a comedian and a comedian hits big and you're like, Oh, their first album was their best album. It's probably because they spent 10 years honing yeah. their material. And then <laughs> yeah. their next album, they only spent a year. Even yeah. if they go to the clubs every week, they, they were doing that for the other thing too. But it was like, there's something about, time it's not that they can't be good albums your second or third when you have less time but it's not it's not like you know it, it wasn't as yeah. well as honed as that first one was that makes sense it's kind of the same I've, I've not done you know live comedy per se but i have done lots of speaking engagements and i like you said i don't i never liked it to be boring actually it's funny because i'm more comfortable if i'm throwing jokes into it i actually get super 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 nervous on stage, unless I know that I can throw some jokes in there. It just, it makes me more comfortable. Mm. So like, if I have to get up there and be super serious, I am a nervous wreck. Like I don't like being serious. I've, I've actually in my phone right now, I've got probably about 12 videos. Cause I was asked by my team to make some videos that they can use for marketing, but it's for my consulting company. So it has to be like pretty serious, you know, and I can't, I cannot, I have the hardest time being serious. Now, if you tell me to do something stupid, I can do that all day long without a problem, but there's something about being serious that makes me a nervous wreck. So I would always plan the main talking points that I would need to get out that would be like the serious part, knowing that I could throw some jokes in there just to keep me from being nervous because that's the only time I'm not nervous. Yeah. I, it, I, even when I did my dad's eulogy, I played it for laughs and yeah. it was like, and it, it was interesting because that's a very fine line. You have to walk there. <laughs> it is a fine line. You have to walk there. But like, I, I always say like, um, um, my mom had been gone for much longer, but I always say like, as I was walking up there, like my mom handed me like the opening line oh. and it was hot. When I tell you there was, yeah, I think there were 1500 people there. It was like, it was, I couldn't get over how many people came to this funeral and they said it was like one of the biggest ever. And it was weird because my dad wasn't like, he was just a good dude, but it wasn't like in, you know, all these in 50 groups or anything like mm -hmm. that. And it was hot and it was hot in there. And I remember I walk up and I just turn to the rabbi and I'm like, or the, in the, in the funeral director. And I'm like, did we not buy the air conditioning package? You know, something <laughs> like that, you know? So then everyone laughed. And then once yeah. I had that, I knew it was just going to, I'm, I'm, I was in. Yep. And, um, and so it was cool. It was a lot of people came up to me after and they're like, I want you to do my eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I can see that. But yeah. You know, wow. It was just, 
It was just funny. I just, I couldn't get up there and go, he was a generous man. You know, like, I mean, not yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? But like, no, like I where you just totally, you talk about people so whitewashed that it's like. Totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Did, now, is your family pretty sarcastic? Like, did you grow up with sarcasm in your family or was it just something you picked up? Um, I'm probably the, I probably got the sarcastic thread, but uh, my, my mom was always considered extremely funny. My dad, he was a dentist and his patients thought he was the funniest person ever, but none of us ever thought he was funny. Nobody thinks, <laughs> I don't think many people think their dads are, I don't know. My, I think my dad's pretty funny, but the main reason I think my dad's funny is because my mom is so not funny. She's going to listen to this and get mad, but it's okay. She does it all the time anyway. Um, but she's so not funny. And the funniest part is the fact that my dad's a big smart ass and my mom's so not. The dynamics between the two is like earth shattering hilarious because he has made it his like life's goal. Like their entire marriage is based on the fact of him trying to, you know, drive her insane and her actually going insane. And then us kids, there's four of us sitting back and watching this all fall out. And anytime that we're sarcastic too, my mom's like coined phrase is you're just like your father. You're just like your father. And I'm like, you know, I didn't pick him because, you know, we're just always throwing out little one-liners and stuff. And it's, it's just, if she didn't react the way that she did, it wouldn't be that funny is her reactions to everything that makes it completely hysterical, like completely hysterical. I want to be a fly on that wall. Oh, you do. Your, like Your yeah. family sounds fun. Maria. They're insane, <laughs> possibly like actually insane, but yeah, they're, they're crazy, pretty crazy. But I had a uh, very strange upbringing, very strange childhood. Um, my dad's a lineman. Um, actually my grandpa was like my husband's a lineman now can't get away from that world no matter how I tried, but, but they're linemen are known for being very sarcastic, very, I don't even know the word to say pretty much like construction workers just say it as it is. And my dad's always been just a funny guy. And, uh, he had, he did, he passed that on to everybody. Like none of us can be serious. And sometimes it's not a good thing, which apparently that you've got that too, where it's like, you're going to tell jokes, even in funerals. That's, that's us. I thought, <laughs> I thought that's only my family that did that kind of stuff, but apparently that's, that's across the board with other people too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a skill. <laughs> <laughs> so is your, is your, does your wife like the fact that you're funny or does she find it completely annoying? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she likes it and then can also find it yeah. completely annoying. So she That's used to joke, like, don't be funny in real life. Yeah. Save it for the stage. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, you yeah. know, at a restaurant. Now's not the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what I get. My husband, my husband likes to say that uh not everybody thinks, you know, the way that the Combs family thinks, which is my family name. So and I'm like, yeah, well. So as far as your business goes, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Circle back. Did did you start your podcast more to just kind of get all the comedy out of your system or did you do it just because you were segueing into, you know, kind of push some of the the apps and, you know, your Twitter work and all that? I do use the the podcast to highlight some of the hashtags from the hashtag roundup game. Like I just mm-hmm. interviewed Carl Gottlieb. He wrote Jaws. And so that on, on your, your feed. So, yeah. So I, so I, you know, I, we have a whole database. I go, all right, did we ever do anything on jaws? And then we did, Oh, hashtag jaws taught us, you know, so then I'll find something that's kind of relevant to the conversation and then I'll read. What did jaws teach you? I need to know this now. 
Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly. They <laughs> weren't all funny. <laughs> they weren't all funny, but I mean, you know, they were all just relevant. It was, I think it was, it was done on one of the anniversaries of the movie, but they're not, you know, that's, that's, but that's the, the, what's cool about the hashtag games. They don't have to all be, you don't have to always be funny. Sometimes they're sick. We do a lot of mental health awareness hashtags as well, actually, because you know, it's, it's a good way to kind of get a good positive message out oh, there as well. So I don't, I don't push the business so much on my podcast, at least not right now. And just, I'm more focused on just trying to like get me into the podcast and sort of like, I would love to speak. I would love to do funny keynotes, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I have no idea how to get into that world, but that's in my back of my mind. I always thought that would be hilarious to combine my business with the comedy. And, you, you should. Know, I think I think you totally could do that. I mean, I've been to enough business conventions that some of them are friggin' snore fests. They're terrible, and you will you would get this one. You know, every once in a while, that actually had a personality that you could see on stage, and those were the ones that finally you woke up and you're like, okay, this isn't so bad. So you could totally do that because a lot of speakers they just get up there like wah 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 with the same coined crap that everybody says that nobody wants to hear. I think right, because I there's think no there's expectation. That's why being funny is 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 such a skill. It's like you know when you're listening to someone who's supposed to be funny if they've succeeded or not. Yeah. <laughs> right. You, even, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if, though I've been to some comedy, I've been to some comedy clubs where I didn't think that they were always that funny. Right. So then they failed. In your yeah. eyes, they failed. But I'm saying, but if you're in a business conference and the, and all the and the bar is PowerPoint boring. It's yeah. not hard to hit that. No, that's what I'm saying. Bar, I mean, anybody yeah. <laughs> just get up there and have a personality. You're in like sin. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what, like, um, did you ever get a like funny bone? Did you ever perform at funny bone? Um, that's the only comedy I, club I've gone to. That's the reason I'm asking. I think I did once in, <laughs> uh, in Toledo. I think there was one I did there. I didn't travel a lot because there were so many clubs in Michigan. I would do occasionally Toledo, Ohio, and yeah. then all around Michigan, and then Windsor had a lot of good. Canada was great for comedy. Oh, yeah? Canada, just so everyone knows, like I live in just outside of Detroit, and going to Canada growing up was like going anywhere. It wasn't like going to another country. You know, you went through the border, but it was like no big deal, you know? Yeah. And we would do it a lot because it was literally right there and there was great food also on the other side. But they, for some reason, like they would get like, we'd go there on Sundays when I started doing comedy and they'd have so many people at these open mics. It was just the greatest way I've to never start thought, doing You know comedy. who's really good at comedy? Canada. I've never thought that in my entire life. Maple syrup, maybe, you know, there's, there's a <laughs> list of things, you know, hockey, sure, you know, but I've never been like comedy. I think well, I just, well, Eugene Levy, the whole Shit's Creek, that's all Canada. Is it Canada? It's See, Canada. I just don't know my yeah. shit. <laughs> most, I, most, most, most famous people. A lot of it, most famous people. M- are most Canadian. famous people <laughs> from Canada. <laughs> well, most people that are like really people endeared. If you look at, it, I think like I think Michael J. Fox is Canadian. Like, there's lots of people See, that yeah, are very famous where... that everyone loves that yeah. are from Canada. It's a, it's a, it's ripe for lovable people. Ripe for lovable people. That's. I feel like you made that up. I did. Along well, I just, with the fact that you're related to all the. Dwaskins, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's why I'm like so astute at marketing. It would be, per- you know. <laughs> yeah. no, this is true. This is Ninety-seven true. percent of the people. Who- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, been there. Yeah. So, so okay. Who who is your favorite person you've ever interviewed? You said you've oh. interviewed a lot of famous people. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. All the other people remember this. All the other people are gonna be really pissed if you don't pick them. No pressure. 
you know, I love, I loved interviewing. I, I, I like interviewing everybody because everyone's a little different. I love interviewing the comedians because it's very unstructured. Yeah. You know, so when I'm talking to Craig Shoemaker or my friend Bill Dwyer, or, you know, or my friend Bob Phillips, it's, those are the interviews where you kind of learn a little bit about me because we're actually having a conversation. They don't want to give their resume. They don't want to talk about it. They just want to be funny. So it's a much mm-hmm. different kind of conversation. I I did talk to Billy Van Zant and he's he he's written he's he's acted in some stuff and he's like written some of the most popular, you know, shows and worked with so many people. And I his he wrote a, a book called Getting the Car Jane and I read the book before the interview and Getting the was Car Gene? Jane, 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 and um, Jane Millman, who was his uh, writing partner for many years oh. before she passed away this past year. But the his just his like background in writing and like working with Martin Lawrence and the Waynes and Brothers and Bob Newhart and meeting Lucille Ball and like there was just so many things I was just like oh uh, this guy <laughs> couldn't get enough and um, you know so that was a lot of fun but. You know, I, I've enjoyed a lot. There's a lot of interesting people. And sometimes like not the famous, famous ones have have some great stories. So it's like it's I love kind of getting their stories out there, too. You know, there's this guy, Steve Stolier. He like lived with Groucho Marx the last three years of his life oh, before wow. he died. And he wrote a book on it. And, you know, normal people that would come to the house were like George Burns and Bob Hope. And <laughs> so, yeah. like all these stories. You know, someone once said, I mean, someone's like, you know, for an interviewer, you don't talk a lot. And I'm like, I don't look at it my job to talk. I look at it as to listen, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, you ask the questions and then let them talk. You know, I was talking to, uh, you know, Kelly Maroney, who was great. And she, I was just like, beforehand, I'm just go, just go any tangent you want to go off on, just go. I, cause that's the way I think like to get something original too. You know, I'll listen to other podcasts that they'll be on and then purposely sometimes not go down certain paths because I just don't want the same exact thing. Some things are inevitable. You're going to cover certain topics, but you know, that's, that's sort of like kind of the thread that you're trying to get to. How long have you been podcasting? Just since May. Just since May. Okay. So you're pretty new. I'm, I'm pretty new too. Even I started recording last year and then I was like, I'm not doing this and I didn't put them out. And then January, I'm like, I'm doing this. It was like my New Year's resolution because, you know, we all had our like 2020 hashtag 2020 vision, you know, come January. Didn't know that it was going to be the cluster of a year it was. And I'm like, I'm doing this. I went ahead and put it all out and started recording more. And it it was weird that, you know, I I actually have a lot of pre-recorded just because, you know, I thought it was going to be super hard to find people to interview, but it's not. You know, it's really not. And I, I I see stuff on like some of the podcast groups and stuff where, I, you know, a lot of people are trying to find people to interview. And I haven't found that that's an issue, really. It's pretty much like people love to come and talk. You know? I could not interview anyone and I have enough shows. Um, I could probably go through March. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's about how I am. And, and like, I never promise people when they're going to go up because it's, I like yeah. to do a certain cadence of, you know, it was Halloween. So I had, I talked to Kelly Maroney and Susan Lanier, who was in the Hills Have Eyes. So I was like, oh, those are scream queens. I'm going to put, I'm going to make sure they'll go now, mm-hmm. you know, and then, all right, now I'm going to, you know, you know, do it someone else. And then I think oh, I'm going to do a comedian. And then sometimes I have like people that 
Jackie, the joke man was a great conversation and he came back and I did a second one, but I don't want to run the second one right away. (laughs) Kind of spread it out. So it's like, at some point, at some point I feel like some may never hit the air. (laughs) Yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple like that, that I'm like, if I get really desperate, like desperate times, you know, I might put them up, but there's a couple of them. I'm not that very, very satisfied with, (laughs) but I I like real conversations. You know, that's, I mean, like I told you before we went on air, you know, we do get on here and talk, you know, business and entrepreneurship because a lot of my listeners want to hear, well, like, like I said, they're going to be very interested in your, your hashtag challenges, stuff like that, little nuggets that they can pull off and use in their business or in their want to be business. Cause some of them don't have their business started yet. But I also like to talk, just people want to know real things. People want to talk to real people. And I hear some of these podcasts that are for entrepreneurs and they're very scripted and very, you feel like you're reading a marketing manual. And I just, that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted, you know, a blend of everything because, you know, my whole thing is we're all so layered. I always use the quote from Shrek, you know, that, you know, where he says that, you know, ogres are like onions, they have layers. And I'm like, well, people are like onions and they have layers. Parfait has layers. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Parfait. I use the onion. I don't use the parfait, but yeah, sure. Same thing. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I try, I mean, I drove myself crazy my entire life trying to keep everything so separate in my entire life. Well, and you see my board back here, try to separate that shit out and you're going to drive yourself crazy. And, you know, it got to the point that I was like, you know what, I'm going to be me that honestly, that's what started my podcast is just, you know, wanting to be real, raw and authentic. And that's the reason I like talking to people like you that are real, raw and authentic. And I ask you weird questions that you probably don't want to answer. And, you know, but it ends up being a good show, you know, it ends up being a good real, they get to know the person a little bit more deeply that I'm talking to. Exactly. And it is clear, you're, you're right. The, the parfait was what donkey said. I wasn't trying yeah. to one up your onion. I was, no. I was well, just kind of donkey going is one up on Shrek. <laughs> donkey is one up. I get that. I love it. I love Eddie Murphy. Donkey's the shiznit. <laughs> donkey is the best. He is the best. <laughs> yes, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Good, good stuff. <laughs> I actually quote that, that there are certain shows in our house that like my, all my kids and myself quote, um, we use like for our hard life. Like it just like, and SpongeBob's one of them. Shrek is one of them. Friends, The Office, Schitt's Creek. Those are usually our go-tos. It'll be like, oh yeah, it's on like on SpongeBob when they did this or, oh yeah, like on Schitt's Creek when they did, you know, it's just like, we're constantly quoting like a, a relative things that's going on in our life to these shows, which shows, you know, I guess that we're losers. I don't know what those shows, but it's like, we're always like, we're like, like always like saying, oh, so like on that show that one day or, you know. You fold in the cheese. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're constantly quoting. My husband gets so mad because that's not how he, that's like his brain does not work like ours does. But it's, it's even worse whenever my sister's over or my dad's over and yeah, we all do it. We've always done it. It's just, that's our thing. That's our, that's our love language. I feel like Gary Chapman should have like listed that. There should have been six love languages and not just five. I wrote him an email, but he hasn't answered me. Well, damn him. I know. That's what I'm saying. He's on my shit list. No. He's on mine too. Because I was like, damn it, there's another love language. This is my love language. It exists. <laughs> you need to look it up. So, yeah. So, Indie Pods, you're going to be, are you speaking? Um, I am uh, part of a rookie newbies panel. I'm doing a little bit on Twitter. Oh, and then I have uh, the Jeff Dwoskin show for 30 minutes on one of the days as well. That'll be good. 
Have you ever done a podcast summit before? Probably not since you've just been podcasting since May. <laughs> I've not. I've just, uh, you know, I've leapt onto the scene and, you know, I'm enjoying my like, semi-famous status. So. I think it's good. <laughs> so you can you can do a hashtag challenge just on your claim to fame in the podcasting world. Oh, See? Yeah, I could do that. You could. That's a good idea. Yeah. I expect no royalties it. for that. It's okay. It's all yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you how, how many how many challenges have you done like if you had to guess like i mean are i can we tell like, you that we've done over ten thousand. and we've, oh my gosh i was thinking like hundreds so you're thinking you've done like ten thousand. we've trended in the top 10 usa over eight thousand, and had over 200 worldwide trends in in the last five years I'm just thinking of all the ideas that it takes to come up with that many challenges. <laughs> it's well, you know, we work with a lot of um, we have uh, a, a lot of people that we work with, and they run their game. So every kind of hour, ninety minutes has a different personality to it. Like yeah. I run two that I run. I run a fake facts game every Sunday at one o'clock, and it's just like uh, you know, fake theories. peanuts facts or fake oh. you know you know just anything where you just make stuff up. You know? I thought it was. <laughs> just, I thought you were meaning like conspiracy theories. No, 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 no. We just pick a topic and like uh, fake Kanye West facts. And then people just yeah. make stuff up about Kanye West or something. That's good. And then, you know, so then there's themed games like that. And my wife runs a musical hashtag one where it's usually music related and stuff like that. So there's different kinds. There's, you know, word limits and mashups and stuff like that. I'm not good with puns. My brain doesn't work with puns. So I usually shut off for those. But I, I accidentally say puns. I don't do them on purpose. I'll just, I'll end up saying, I'll be like, Hey, that's a pun. That's yeah. A pun. That's how, me too. If it comes yeah. out, it comes out. But if I have to yeah, purposely I do it, no. I, my brain doesn't, my brain doesn't want to cooperate in that sense. No, I'm the same way. I'm the so. same way. So do you feel like podcasting is your jam? Do you feel like this? And you said you had thought about getting out of comedy anyway, and now you've transitioned into podcasting. Do you feel that, this is kind of where you're meant to be. Cause I always jokingly refer to myself as an accidental podcaster. Cause it's I think, <laughs> I think I do love it. And I do, I know I love it, but I, I feel like I'm starting to evolve the show. I might start to think of like, I always joke. Like if you, if you listen to episode 26 and then you put and then you go backwards, I always thought yeah. people would be along for the ride. And I realized, Oh, people don't do that. And no. it's like, and, so, and if you go backwards, it's like, why does Jeff keep getting worse? No, <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, no, go the other way. The, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, but I feel like I'm getting better, and like I, I'm starting to get more comfortable talking to people. You know, early on, like my, I remember, like early on, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna make 15 minute episodes because that's all people will listen to, you know. And and then I remember I was talking about. I had Larry Hankin on the phone and he's like, how long are your episodes? I'm like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. He goes, Oh no. <laughs> he goes, yeah, we're going to go longer than that. And his, his, that was Mr. Heckles from friends. And he was also been on breaking bad and million, literally million other things. But so I ended up talking to him for 90 minutes and that was a good conversation. And, and then I just, then I just, I just got more comfortable talking to people. So I didn't, I still like to keep it like 30, 45 minutes, you know, because the problem yeah. is I edit it. And then and listen to the show. So the longer the show, that means it's harder to actually yeah. get it out the door. And then I have to do this, my kind of beginning. I don't just go into the interview. I do some shtick before in a way I kind of make fun of podcasts in the sense that I don't have sponsors. So I just make up sponsors and I make yeah. up a different one every week and like, you know, that kind of thing. And so, 
sometimes I tie it in. I try to do sometimes like these pop culture references, but I don't mention that I'm doing it and then see if just anyone happens to say anything, you know, and so far no one's, no one's caught on. (laughs) 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 You'll have, you'll have people going back and listen to your episodes just to try to figure out if they can pick it out. Now I'm going to do that. I'm some people. I'm just going ahead and disclaimer myself here. Perfect. And so, you know, but it's having fun. Like I have this new segment that I'm, I'm going to try to do. And then, you know, I want to kind of just expand it out a little bit, but I also think it needs to be tight. I, you know, like I, I go through and I spend a lot of time editing out the podcast. Like if, if it goes down a weird path, sometimes I'll take out a, a chunk of it, you know, if it doesn't keep with like kind of the theme, you know, if like, you know, if like we're having a good conversation about movies and TV and then all of a sudden it goes 10 minutes on, on the guy's brother or something. <laughs> It's like, and I always try to think of it like if I'm listening, like, is it threaded? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, and it's like, you know, that kind of stuff and taking out a lot of the ums and the pauses and stuff like that. So I, I always, I always wonder if it, when someone listens back and they go, oh man, I, I sound great off the cuff. <laughs> 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 like they don't know they're like, I, I remove 50 uhs and ums and pauses yeah. Like I remember one guy was like, uh, yeah, it was uh, Regis and Kelly, Regis and Re- Regis and Kelly, you know, and, and then when you listen to the show, it goes, yeah, it was uh, Regis and Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I go, did you notice? And he goes, but he doesn't remember that he did nah. that. You know what I mean? So he just thinks, yeah, look how smart and brilliant and quick I am. <laughs> 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 but to me, that's what's fun about it is you kind of got to make it pleasing for the ear, you know, for the person listening, you know, take out a lot of different things, you know, that can be distracting, you know, so people can get sick of, they can, you know. I, I leave that up to my editor. I can't edit. That That's actually part of the reason. That's what stopped me from launching last year when I started recording. Cause I was, you know, I've done live speaking for so long and people said, Hey, you should do podcasting. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to do podcasting. And then I started recording and I figured out I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> Like I just like talked into it. It was there, but then I had no idea what to do because I didn't know how to edit. I didn't even know how you got it all the places you were supposed to get it. Like I had like no idea, like zero clue. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Like, I think I delayed for a year because I was trying to, the first thing I read was, oh, you can hook up your iPad with this, this, um, this, uh, something like, um, I don't know, some app. And like, and so it would plug into the computer, you know, cause I thought I like would want to like be talking to you and then all of a sudden hit a button and it would be like the guy from the Simpsons. <laughs> Excellent. You know, like I thought that's <laughs> what the show like- was. I thought that's what the show was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, we're like, you have all these funny, though, like, like little sound things yeah. like, Hey now, you know, like I, think I would like actually, Howard I would, Stern. I would enjoy that, but I would probably use it to, for evil and not for good. I could never get it to work. And then like uh-huh. a year later, I'm like well, maybe I just won't use that. <laughs> then I'm thinking, oh, hey, what a pain in the ass that would have been editing those in. <laughs> probably awful. Yeah, that probably would have been awful. I'm imagining because like I said, I don't edit my own. But <laughs> yeah, that, 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 like, there's other people that I've talked to this year since I've launched my podcast, which was officially in January. You know, I've had people message me because they're very interested in starting a podcast, you know, because that's the the new cool thing, you know, and especially this year. And, you know, it's, I tell them pretty much, here's the things you don't do. Cause here's the things that I did. You know, I bought, I, I have like 10 microphones and I'm not exaggerating. I have like 10 
because I could, I didn't know what kind to use. And I was getting ones that are USB plugins and I like, and then I would figure out, like I would act, I was actually having guests come to me for a while pre COVID and, you know, I didn't, I couldn't figure out how to run everything through my focus. Right. And then I had avid, which was like all these like things that I don't understand. Like I am not good with tech, like tech, you add in plugs, wires and a bunch of tech and my brain completely shuts off almost like Twitter, but actually worse than Twitter. And, you know, that was the thing. I didn't know what to do with that. And there, there's a lot of people that are like that. And it's one of the cool things with, you know, what's going on with IndiePods, honestly, is that, you know, part of the structure was to try to teach people who are thinking about, you know, doing a podcast even, you know, because that is, that is another way for businesses and entrepreneurs and, you know, stuff to kind of branch out and, you know, talk about what they have and what they do. I struggle, I struggle, honestly, with that concept only in the sense because i always thought i always thought it was weird like people you know they'll do anchor and then like uh-huh. oh it's free and then they put like an you know the first minute of their podcast which uh spoiler alert to everyone is you know even even ads like social ads they're getting rid of the 30 second social ad because people can't even hang on like two minutes used yeah. to be normal right people can't even handle 30 seconds anymore so everything's 15 seconds or six seconds, mm-hmm. which is a challenge in, in itself. If somebody comes to your podcast and the first 60 seconds is an anchor ad about how to be a podcaster, they're going to turn your thing off. No, and then maybe, and the only thing that you're fooling yourself is the anchor probably counts that as a listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But people probably don't even get past it. It's hard enough getting people to my podcast. The last thing I want to do is then teach them how to start their own podcast. Now, if they want to know, I will help anyone a thousand percent if they want to. But I don't think that's why they're coming to my podcast. (laughs) No, no. I I agree with that. Now, I was talking about the summit. Oh, I know. I know. No, the summit's great. I, I love that. I was just... It just made me think of we're being raw and real. I thought that's yeah, how we are be being real and real. Raw. I, I was just like, I was just disclaimering myself that I wasn't saying let's do a podcast where we teach people to podcast, but that's all yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be good if that's what it was. Yeah, and then people who would go to it, that's why they're going to it. You know what I mean? But like, I remember somebody say to me, "Hey, I can get you a sponsor." I go, "Okay, but here's the deal: it's in the first five minutes. I will never open a show with a sponsor." Yep. I go, I will not, I'd rather not take the money. That's, <laughs> you know I mean? that's how I am. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. So my, favorite you don't have like on, my favorite is like on the boards where people are like, how do I make money off this? How many episodes have you done? One. Why don't you focus on, on, on doing a couple more episodes? Yeah. Then, yeah. How do I monetize <laughs> this? Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest question. I've had people ask me that question a lot because I had, I got so many questions on podcasting just because I teach these different workshops and stuff. And I would always end up, it wouldn't even be on podcasting, but I'd get the questions. I'm teaching Facebook, right? And people in the chat are like, hey, how do you start a podcast? And I'm like, dude, well, that's not what we're talking about right now. So I ended up doing a whole separate like free workshop just on how I started a podcast, which pretty much more than half of it was what not to do that I did to start a podcast because I did not do it right to begin with. Um, but, you know, th- I know that's a, that's a question, but you always end up, like you said, getting the, you know, how do you monetize it? How do I get, how do I, you know, how can I get sponsors? And, you know, the people that have reached out to me for sponsorship, I actually don't really want to spot. It's not something I would use. So if it's not something I would use, I'm not going to recommend it. I had an app reach out to me and it said, Hey, will you mention it? And I'll put you in this section of my app. 
And I'm like, all right, you know, I build apps. I know how hard mm-hmm. it is to get people. I go, yes, I will be more than happy to mention this because one, it fits into one yeah. of my segments anyway. Yeah. So why not? And, you know, so, and I can help someone out that way. And it's just, here's the thing. It's just like, and here's the thing. And this goes back to Twitter. It's the same thing of making money. If when you start in your podcast, you're not going to have a lot of listeners, right? And, yeah. you know, even if you have a thousand listeners an episode, from what I hear, that's not even enough. I mean, you need like 5,000, 10,000. Yeah. I mean, like, so if you only have a hundred listeners or you're just starting out and you've got 10 and half of them are your family and you're like trying to sell something, it's just like on Twitter, when you go on Twitter and you only have a hundred followers, think of it as like 5% of those people might see the tweet, might. Yeah. It's the same thing. So the people that are listening, they might get to the end of your podcast. They might get to, you know, they might yeah. be tuned in at that moment. So it's like the numbers you have to reach to be like a Joe Rogan or anything like that are like just insane. And it just, it gets harder and harder. That's why I want everyone to quit. And I want to be the Forrest Gump only podcast. <laughs> left. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, there's, there's room for everyone. I, you know, I just, you gotta, we gotta make the pie bigger. I, I always, I always say like, I, I still think like, the podcasting is like when the web was starting out, it's people don't know how to use podcasts. There's people that do podcasts and there's people in the same way, there's people that do CrossFit, you know, and if they do CrossFit, they talk about it a lot. And if you're in the podcast, I listen to my podcast, I got all my podcasts, you know, but then everyone else is like how you reacted when I brought up Twitter, you're like podcasts. Right. And and then they don't make it easy. They think they're making it easy because like, no, no, you can listen at any of these places. That makes it harder. Yeah. If, if you don't tell me one thing to do, you know, and it's like, it's just, so they have to commit, you know, like it's a whole different thing. I think it's still like really early on and people are just starting to do it. And if you're not famous, famous, it's like, it's really hard just to get people to kind of listen to you other than, you know, just because you're famous and they'll give you that benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But. I, mean, I always tell people if you've got a real good solid reason for doing a podcast and it's to talk to the people that you want to be there because you are going to be talking to yourself at the very beginning. I mean, you are, unless you've already got an instant following and I guess maybe your family, my family purposely doesn't listen to my stuff. So that wasn't a problem. My mom does every once in a while. So she can yell at me, be like, you said that on iTunes, Maria on iTunes. I'm like, I know I did that on purpose. (laughs) Oh no, no, I didn't mean to. I I didn't mean to imply that my family listens to my podcast. They absolutely do not. (laughs) Say anything you want about my wife right now. She'll never do it. She won't yell at my husband either. (laughs) Probably a good thing. I feel it's the same way with Facebook. Yeah. I'll post, wear a mask, vote, uh, down with whoever, and get like 100 vote, uh, likes. Hey, guys, uh, my podcast is out. <laughs> yep. No likes. Yep. No likes. Hey, you just gave me 100 likes on that last post. Yep. Zero. Crickets. Nope. Exactly. Yeah, if I post something humorous that's going on or some real crap that's going on, like my kids saying something, like my daughter. I posted something about my daughter. Um, I got out. I was getting out of the bathtub. She's three. And she's a smart ass too already. It's really bad. I was getting out of the bath and she said, when I get bigger, my, my butt's going to be big like yours. And then I won't have to use a potty seat. And I wrote that on there. I was like feeling pretty good about myself, you know, <laughs> kind of like quoted her. <laughs> yeah. I get all kinds of likes and comments on that and same thing. I'm like, Hey guys, new podcast episode. There's somebody with a new business on here. Go ahead and give a listen, download support. Crickets. Crickets. You know, <laughs> complete crickets, but they will share all my funny stuff all day long that I put. Yeah, they, they'll share that all day long. That's how it goes. It's everybody. Everybody's a critic. 
Yep. They don't, it's when the things are really personal and, 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 and if it, it's almost like if they feel like, Oh, that could, that could more than benefit you yeah, and, and put you into some place that I might then be jealous of. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you have to really get yourself into because I, you know, that used to hurt my feelings so bad. It doesn't anymore. I just make fun of it on podcasts like I am right now. But, you know, it used to hurt my I can remember when I opened a boutique um, back to my bipolar resume, I opened a boutique randomly and uh, with no experience, I might add. And, you know, I had this grand opening and I mean, I brought a food truck and had like drinks and had a band playing. I was like, this is going to be amazing. Not one person in my family showed up, not my mom, not my sister. My husband was only there by force. You know, I was like, and I was, my feelings were so hurt. And, you know, I get people, I'm in a bunch of these like entrepreneur groups and stuff. And I have people that all the time you'll see them post on there. I can't get any of my friends and family to support me. And, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news on that, but most of the time you have to look outward of your normal everyday, you know, friends and family. And it's, I don't think it's because they don't love you or like you or whatever, but I, I mean, maybe sometimes it is, but you know, I think most of the time it's just that they know you on a whole different level. And I think that they just can't get, you know, they can't get to that level of supporting you on that, which still sucks. But, you know, you end up having to look outside of your normal friends. Or that's been my experience. I get much more support from groups and, you know, my networking than I ever have from friends and family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The same, the same. It's, um, yeah, it's, 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 I, many a Facebook posts I have not sent mm-hmm. telling everyone they can go to hell. Yeah. And, and then yeah. I just turn around and tweet something, uh, <laughs> that that'll make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's like this, why I like, I like to bring it up here because it's good therapy for me to kind exactly. of get through it. But it's like, if, if, if those people listen to my podcast, I'd have sponsors and I'd be super rich and yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to worry about anything. And, um, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know what I mean? It's like, but here's the funny thing. The ones that do listen, they're like, oh, this is good. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I have some super fans and it's, that's nice. It's like to the point where it's like, oh, if I don't hear from this guy, Paul, it's not official. It's not official until I hear from Paul Come on, and I won't ask him because I just want to hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, like great episode, Jeff. You such great stories. You know, it's like you, you let your guests talk. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah. So most of the time it's like, it's not so much me letting them talk as I'm afraid if I cut them off, it'll make that weird vibration noise. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the benefit of me not editing my own stuff is I don't worry about that. Poor James worries about that. He's listening. He'll be listening to this and he'll be like shaking his head and charge me extra, but it's all right. I I enjoy, I enjoy the editing part when it, 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 I think that's why I feel like I know my guests more than then they probably walk away thinking they know me because I've heard the interview and reheard it many times. Yeah. They only experienced it once. (laughs) That's true. And so, uh, yeah, so that's, that, that's interesting to me. And sometimes it's funny, like to listen back to something you don't even, you don't even remember certain sections of it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh my God, that is great. You know, that kind of thing. I remember when I was talking to Carl Gottlieb, this is one of the few, I don't, I haven't done this normally, but like he said something and I'm like, Ooh, I just said, like, my reaction was, ooh, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that that's another question I get a lot from people that are podcasting or want to podcast is, how do you come up with your with your titles? And I don't have a system. I just pull it out of my butt. So that's not something that I can teach. How do you come up with yours? Is it when somebody says something? 
like you just said? He, well, sometimes like that's the easy one where he just mm-hmm. says something like, oh, that's perfect, you know? And then like Sue's Lanier was a little easier. I was a little cheater, a little cheat. She was in the Hills Have Eyes. So I wrote the Hills Have Eyes for Sue's Lanier. You yeah. Know, that kind of thing. When I did Stacy Toy, I thought someone else had already done Stacy's Toy Story or something. They did a Toy Story. <laughs> so I avoided it's pretty toy clever. Story. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so I, I'll try to like, you know, like with Larry Hankin, I was like the one with Mr. Heckles, you know, because I, yeah. I named it like a friend's episode and then, you know, something like that, you know, something like where it's relevant to what maybe something of the conversation. Yeah. And sometimes it is easier than not. Sometimes it's like up to the last second, like where I'm like, okay, here's the name of it. Yeah. I just need it to come to me. Like that's yeah. part of my process is on Thursday, Friday, I start jotting notes down and then I just kind of let it come to me. You know yeah. I mean? You and go to the like, sweat lodge and, and meditate. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just kind of comes to me, you know, like, what's my, what's, uh, what's my fate and what's my sponsor going to be, you know, yeah. what's the, who's going to introduce me this week, you know, that kind of thing, you know, like it all it. kind of just comes to yeah. me. Yeah. And then Paul comes and he lets you know if you were on point, is he like your spirit guide kind of a little bit? No. Who's Paul? No. I don't know. You were talking about Paul. It was your figurative. See, you don't even remember what you said. <laughs> <laughs> you said the guy that says you did a good job, you named him Paul. Oh, Paul, I'm, Paul, Paul. Yeah, okay. Paul. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, Paul, that guy. Yeah. yeah, but the Twitter guy, Paul. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I'm always thinking, like, I, well, that's my validation. If he goes, oh, yeah. great episode. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, good. Good. Score. And, uh, yeah, that's good. So, you, so. Have a, you have a Kanban board like mine back here, but yours is just sectioned to episodes that Paul liked and episodes that Paul did not like. And then that's how you plan your future episodes. Well, so far you? I'm like, so far yeah. I'm batting hundred percent, but the, um, I need to get things like that. I have it written on a whiteboard, but I've filled it up. And so yeah. I have to, uh, you know, I have it like recorded, scheduled, yeah. wish list, other, other, <laughs> you know, I pending, always love the other, pending, What's the other? Is, other Every- is <laughs> other are ones that I might reach out to, or ah, I okay. reached out to and said no, but maybe I'll reach out to in the future. And then so if you do you like know, three strikes are out, or just like right before they file papers for stalking, or like how do you <laughs> how do you gauge that? Well, usually, you know, I've been kind of lucky, and most people just say yes, yeah. and some people just don't answer, and so yeah. I don't I don't over push those i've only had one that i'm in the midst of chasing he canceled and then hasn't rescheduled yet but i you know i have because i have so many recorded you know it's not like i'm like i don't need somebody for this sunday's episode you know so i you know i'll just i'll ping them again you know i mean that kind of thing like i i say i was trying to do a follow-up episode with someone to go into a different topic with them and they're like, well, he can meet in December or January. I'm like, oh, let's just do January. Because by the time I release this episode, it's going to be the end of November. And then I'm not going to want to run it. I'm not going to yeah. run it in December anyway. So I might as well. Yeah, but then you risk like something happening or something. But he gets a job or, you know, something like that. But oh, whatever. Wow. We'll see. That's, that's how it goes. So, yeah, this is called Kanban. Well, actually, I think most people pronounce it Kanban. I think, but I grew up in Tennessee and we say things like rednecks. So this is how I say it, campaign. But it's, it's, it's a great way of organizing all kinds of things with the, the color code. Like my post-it notes have, you know, a key that tells me what they are related to different things. And I have a, always have a brain dump section where everything that comes out of my brain, which sometimes is terrifying, like the stuff that comes out and I just scribble it all down. And then I go back and look it over and figure out if it's going to be something I carry on or, you know, if it's something that I don't care about and yeah. 
So there you go. You can you can Google Kanban. It's C. It's K A N B A N, and you can right. you can get That's you a good. nifty board like this. I wrote it down. You did. That's good. I'm doing it. That's good. Hashtag doing it. Actually, that probably wouldn't bring you to the things that you wanted it to bring you to. Yeah. <laughs> so never <yeah>. mind. <laughs> Hashtag do. It's like, yeah. yeah, I'll I, see you in a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would probably that would yeah that would that would probably be come come up there with some of the other things I've accidentally googled before, and I'm like, oh, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. So, all right. Well, this has been good, and I'll go ahead and and say ta ta for now. And you'll have to make sure I get the links to your um your uh your business stuff. I always try to put that stuff in the show notes for people. Cause a lot of times people listen and be like, Oh, I'm really curious about that. Do sure, you have sure. any record yeah. like, and, and I'm assuming you have some of your comedy stuff maybe on YouTube and I do. Yeah. <laughs> so you can give me that too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even put that on mine. The, um, yeah, but I want to Okay. my uh, podcast, sure. damn it. So, okay. <laughs> so, I'm all yours, whatever you want. It's all uh, good. <laughs> hash, hashtag, hashtag, I don't know. I can't. I've got nothing. I started to say something else, but I also would have been accidentally inappropriate. So never mind. So, all right. Well, it was fun having you on and um, let me know how your, your can banning goes. And well, thank you for having me. I had a blast. I know you have questions. I don't have answers. Clearly no manners, baby. I, I know you want it better. Putting on the pressure.